Each side and out. That's what I said. Amen. You're just amening me. Okay. I didn't want her to think she was the originator of that. I, I'd, I'd already said that. I don't want her to get the credit for it. Romans 13, 14 and 17. Romans 14, 17. Thank you for coming tonight. You did not have to come. You did not have to be here. We would have had a little, a little better of attendance today. Two families contacted me today uh, that they, somebody they worked with had been exposed to the virus. They checked out positive, and they asked me, I've been around them. Should I come or not? I said, not. And no use coming. Just wait and make sure. Uh, check it out. A couple of them are on a, a little, um, what do you call it, isolation, quarantine for a few days. And they're watching me tonight. We love you guys and thank you for staying home and protecting us. Because they don't know if they've been exposed or not. And I think that's just wisdom. And I thank, thank them for being mature enough to ask and inquire. And uh, I think it's just smart. It's just smart. Where do you are you scared? Do you trust God? I trust God like I've always trusted God. God's as faithful as He ever has been. And the good thing about living for God, you get wiser. The longer you live for God, the wiser you get. So God gives us wisdom, and we don't have to have a law or a guideline because His wisdom that He gives us, that ability to make wise choices and wise decisions. And so that's what we're doing. Good to have wise people in our church. Good to have a wise pastor, isn't it? Amen. For the kingdom of God is not, I'm reading from the NLT version. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I love that verse of scripture right there. I like that version and what it just, I just read to you. Verse 18. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God. What attitude is that? I just read it. Living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. When you live that kind of life, if you serve the Lord, verse 18 says, with this attitude, you will please God and other people will approve of you too. You'll have God happy with you and other people will be approving you. Boy, I wish I could get somebody to say, whoa, that sounds, you know, that's good. Thank you. I'm glad you're back. You backed me up. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build up each other. I like that portion of scripture. Notice the word attitude in verse number 18. If you serve Christ with this attitude. Now, I'm going to talk to you about attitude 
indicators. Everybody say attitude indicators. <laughs> y'all, y'all, why are you laughing? You had an attitude problem today? Huh? Not today? Just another day. You and her have talked about it, haven't you? Uh huh, that's why y'all were both laughing. See, pastor's already got a confirmation. I'm on target tonight. So I'm going to turn and preach this way because I, I know where my target area is right now. Brother Javi, are they trying to bring you into that too? Most everybody in this building has a problem with your attitude sometime or another. And I see some of you shaking your heads. And that means that you know you do. And you know pastor's right. And I'm shaking my head. Matter of fact, if I shook it uh, like I needed to, I probably couldn't preach because I'd, I'd just be shaking my head. I've had more problem with my attitude than I have a lot of things. And Jaden, I don't need your confirmation. A little joker. Got kind of bowed up on me today when I hollered for him to lunch. He didn't come. We were wanting to pray, and he didn't come. And I go back there, and I said, Jaden, we're waiting on I know it. I said, look, don't raise your voice and get an attitude with me. And I'd already been studying on this lesson. I already had my title and most of my work. I went back and studied some more. But he had a little attitude problem there, and I had to remind him. Don't bow up on me. Don't, don't raise your voice. You're the one. I've already called you and you already heard me come and eat. And he fools around and wants to get bow up on me like it's my problem. Wasn't my problem. I was ready to pray and eat. <laughs> waiting on him. I'm giving him a hard time, but I'm going to tell you what. That little fella has been one more fine little helper for me working on my mom and daddy's house, fixing it up. I'll tell you, he's been a blessing. So I, I know I've just run you down a little bit, but now I'm building you up. I told him yesterday, I said, you are the greatest Gandhi grandson I have. He's the only one. Well, I guess I need to let y'all be seated. I, I got to stand up, but you get to be seated, so go ahead. The word attitude is not even found one time in the King James Version of the Bible. So here I am preaching tonight about something that the word is not even found one time in the King James Version of the Bible. However, there are noticeable attitudes in the Bible. This word came along many years down the road. I don't exactly know at what time or what translation the word attitude or maybe when the English language started being used that the word attitude came about. But regardless of whether it was in the Bible or not, we know for a fact that the attitudes were in the Bible. People had attitudes in the Bible. Amen. This is not an American thing. It is not a 20th century thing. 
attitude is something that's been in the Bible a long, long time. Attitudes, attitude means a manner of acting, feeling, or thinking that shows one's disposition, opinion, etc. It could go on and on. You could add a lot of things to that. A positive attitude will help you reach your goals. A dream without a positive ad attitude produces one thing. It produces a daydreamer. A positive attitude without a dream, on the other hand, produces a pleasant person going nowhere, getting nothing done. If you combine the two, a positive attitude and a dream, you have the power to press on forward toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called you to win. And that's what we're trying to do. We're all in this together trying to win the prize. And that prize is going to be worth the journey. If you make it into heaven, if you go in the rapture or at death, you go uh, to heaven eventually, whenever uh, the second uh, resurrection comes, when you go either in the rapture or at death or whatever into the kingdom of God and you go to heaven, I'm telling you, you can believe this pastor today, it will be worth all of your energies if you go to heaven it will be the greatest uh, journey that you've ever taken it'll be the greatest accomplishment and it'll be the greatest dream that ever was fulfilled in your life if you don't have a good positive mental attitude you'll never enjoy the success journey of this life you will not enjoy that journey you will not enjoy enjoy the success your attitude not only directs your future but it also affects who you are right now today it affects you people can and do alter their lives by altering their attitudes, because really, attitude is a choice. You can choose to have a good attitude or a bad attitude. Yeah, you, you just might as well admit it. We all know that's right. Despite the circumstances of our upbringing, despite our limitations, in spite of what other people may or may not be doing, you and I are responsible for our attitude and our personal reaction to the events of our life. You, what I mean by reaction, you may be having a pretty good day and then all of a sudden something happens and your attitude can get bad in a moment's notice. Anybody ever had that happen besides me? I have allowed other people to ruin my day. 
I've had other people to get me so angry that I couldn't think properly. Because the world is full of them. They're everywhere. Dingbats are running rampant. And you will deal with them. I promise you. You are going to deal with the dingbats of this world. When you get outside of your home and you get in a car, you go down the street or you go into a business somewhere, you're going to run into a dingbat. And I just pray and hope it's not you that they're running into. God doesn't want his people to be dingbats. Can you say amen? Now I will say this, if you're going to be a dingbat, be a good dingbat. Be a loving dingbat. Be a sweet dingbat. We can move bravely towards success or we can allow something to conquer us and roll over and die. We can just give up and say, it's over, I quit. But that's going to be up to you and your attitude. You know, the former coach, he was a great coach of the Boston Celtics, Bill Russell once said, this basketball game is already scheduled. We have to play the game. So why in the world don't we just go ahead and win it? If it's scheduled and we got to win, we got to play it, why don't we just make up our minds we're going to win it? And that's what we got to do with life. Hey, you're here on this earth. You happened here because Somebody brought you into this world. Your parents brought you in this world and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't change the fact that you're here. It's on the schedule. You're here. And you got to go through life. So why don't you just go ahead and make up your mind. I'm going to be a winner. I'm going to win it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to succeed in my goal and make heaven. So I challenge you to determine your approach to the journey of life. How you think does affect your approach to your own personal success story. If you go through life expecting the worst, guess what you're going to get? The worst. What you believe about life determines how you perceive life, which eventually determines what you receive from life. So how important is your attitude? Your attitude is more important than your circumstances, what others say. It's more important than your past your education, your money, your accomplishments. Your attitude is much deeper than just a few thoughts you might think or not think. Your attitude comes out of the core of your being. Your attitude represents your disposition, your outlook, your very character. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, 
We quoted it hundreds and thousands of times in our ministry for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your thinking does matter. It will be an indicator to your attitude. What you think, what you dwell on, what you feed your mind on, what you watch, what you listen to will affect your attitude. Because whatever you think on is what you're going to become. An airline pilot was giving his friend some personal flying lessons. The pilot was looking at all the instruments but there was one particular instrument the pilot kept looking at. And so his friend asked him, what is that instrument you keep looking at? The pilot replied, and I got to be careful because I'm talking about attitude and this is an altimer. And, you know, I'm going to be talking a moment about altitude. So I hope I don't get all this mixed up. The pilot replied, it's called the altimeter, which determines my altitude. In flying, the altitude of the plane is what he, call, what he called the position of the aircraft in relation to the horizon. When the airplane is climbing, its nose is high, out attitude because the nose of the plane is pointing above the horizon. So when the aircraft is diving, you would call that a nose down altitude. Altitude. Since the performance of the airplane depends on its altitude, it is necessary to change the altitude in order to change the performance. And I began to think about this little story. And I began to think about it in relation to a person's attitude, not your altitude, but your attitude. Does not a person's attitude dictate his performance? And if you believe that, say amen. What if a person had an attitude indicator that continually evaluated his perspective and achievements in this life? What if we had a little built-in taser that would give us a little shock when our attitude got bad? Now, let me preach to you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. How would you like it every time that you and your mama get cross because you think you're completely grown now and she thinks you're still a child and she treats you like you're still a baby and you don't want to be treated like that and you kind of get sassy with mama and you say, Mama, and about that time, Bruh! and then Harvey steps in there and he says, well, wait a minute, Bruh! Harvey does a little jig around there, you know. Sandra looks at him, see there? It's what you get. And about that time, she gets a little buzz, you know? 
I tell you what, it would make you think about your attitude. You know it would. If you got a little buzz every time you got a little sassy with her, a little short-tempered, a little contrary, a little agitated, you notice I said you with her because I know she would never do you that way. You married an angel. She married a whatever. And so when you get that way with her, and she says, honey, why'd you say that? You say, oh! And you get that little buzz. I'm telling you, if you got a good little taser every time your attitude got bad, praise God. <laughs> it's good to be here, isn't it? Love you, honey. Love you, Jaden. That was sweet what you said a while ago. You know? Because every time our attitude got bad and we started bowing up on our parents, every time we started bowing up on our parents, every time we started bowing up on our parents, why are you saying that? Because I know we bow up on our parents. I did it. You did it. Every one of us did it. We all thought we was old enough and new enough. Our parents were stupid. And then we got older and we thought they was the smartest people that ever lived. And if your attitude was good, the indicator would have a sign to pop up and says, hey, congratulations, you have a very good attitude today. Wouldn't that be awesome if we had those kind of indicators? Well, we don't have those kind of indicators, but we do have something called the Holy Ghost. We do have something called prayer. And if you allow those things in your life, the Holy Ghost will speak to you. And in prayer, the voice of God will minister to you and speak to you. And I'm telling you, there is nothing better for a bad attitude than a good old dose of prayer. A good old dose of humility, humbling ourselves before God and repenting. Attitude is the eye of your soul. Your attitude determines how you view life. I didn't even look at my clock to see how long I'm going, okay? I started about two minutes ago, didn't I? Is your attitude... <laughs> if your attitude is negative, you will see life in a negative way. If your attitude is positive, you will see life in a positive way. If you have a thankful attitude, you will see things... Uh, you encounter as gifts to be thankful for. I might not be able to change the world that I see around me, but I can change the way I see the world within me and around me. No wonder the scripture says, Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. Amen. In Philippians 4, that's what it says. 
When you feel like it, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice what? No, just on the good days. Y'all reading that wrong. The original King James Version says, when you feel like it. Being joyful is not a matter of chance or circumstance. It's a matter of deciding that I am going to rejoice. And since the decision of whether or not we will rejoice is left up to us, Paul reiterates the command and he said, I will say again, rejoice. He wanted to make sure we understood him and he said it twice. Rejoice in the Lord. We need to celebrate God all day, every day of our lives. Start your morning by getting it up each morning and saying, Good morning, Lord. Not, Good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> Big difference there. The world will seem brighter to you if you will face it with a whistle rather than a whine. I went through a, a period in my life when I was discouraged and down, and I'm a whistler. I like to whistle. And I literally went months and months and didn't whistle. And I remember my wife saying this. She said, well, you got your whistle back. I started whistling one day. You know, what did I whistle? I don't know. Just whistle songs. Just whistle. Beautiful. If you ever heard it, you'd want me to make you a recording. And uh, I probably could make some money and pay off our church with, with that. But I, I just, I haven't had time to do it. But I enjoy whistling. The world would seem brighter to you if you would do that. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. If we're going to be happy or blessed in an unhappy world, it's vital that we learn both how to respond to criticism and how to avoid being bearers of negative criticism. There are three ways to avoid criticism. Say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. <laughs> the person who is never criticized is probably not breathing. He's probably dead if you've never been criticized. If you've never been criticized, you don't want to be a preacher because you will get criticized or a leader, teacher, principal of a school. Police officer. <laughs> How many of you ever criticized? Be honest. How many of you ever criticized a police officer? How many of you? It was motorcycle cops. <laughs> We've we criticize police officers because we don't like what they do to us. And actually, they're not doing it. You're speeding. You didn't get your car inspected. 
You didn't get your insurance. You didn't get your tag. You didn't turn on your uh, turn signal. You passed in the wrong area. You swerved. You did it. All he did was watch you do it. And we get mad at the officer because he writes us a ticket for something we did wrong. A critic is someone who divorced hope and married despair. When they began a conversation by saying, I hope you won't mind me telling this, you can be sure you will mind. <laughs> if somebody comes up and says, I hope you don't mind, get ready because you're going to mind. It never, it never works to say anything good to a person infected with a critical spirit. It just don't do a bit of good to say anything to them if they're infected with it. Wish them a nice day and they snap back. Don't tell me what kind of day to have. <laughs> the critic has no dreams. They just rehearse defeats. They never see opportunity only obstacles. They know no delight, no joy, and no peace. They just look to find fault in other people as though it was buried treasure. They are convinced others have all the advantages. Criticism is like crack cocaine. It is addictive. It produces an appetite for more of itself. The more we criticize, the more we feel driven to criticize. So what can we learn from our critics? Not everyone who criticizes is us, not everyone who criticizes us is demented or deranged. Now just get that in your mind. They're not messed up. They're not demented. They're not deranged if they say anything critical. Our critics are often right. The successful and happy person is the one who can lay a firm foundation for future success with the bricks that the critics have just thrown at him. If we're not mature enough to take criticism, we're not mature enough to handle praise. Everyone who knows there are two kinds of criticism, there's constructive and destructive. Constructive criticism addresses the problem, not the person. Destructive criticism attacks the person and ignores the problem. The person with destructive criticism is trying to crash another person's self-image, his character, his spirituality, with a self-righteous vengeance. Constructive criticism seeks to restore. Constructive criticism says, I may not like what you do, but I like you. Destructive criticism is designed from the outset to hurt, to create self-doubt, and to foster suspicion. 
God chooses what we go through, and we choose how we go through it. Attitude is the eye of the soul. Your attitude determines how you view your life, our life, anybody's life. Attitude is the face of your life. What would happen if for one week you treated every person you met as if they were the most important person in the world? Think about that one. How would you feel and how would they feel if you treated them like they were the most important person in the world? We respect people that accomplish great feats and we respect people that have gained great money. I've seen this with my own eyes. I've seen people that didn't know somebody I've actually seen this with my own eyes. And this person was very wealthy and very successful. And they just kind of looked at them and, and they said some little remark. And then a little later, somebody introduced or somebody made reference to them. And when they saw, heard that name and they knew they were wealthy and successful, it's like they, the person that they were a little bit critical of and just kind of look down on, all of a sudden they wanted to be next to them. They wanted to be around them because of who they noticed they were. Your attitude determines how you appear to other people. Other people mirror the attitude they sense that we have. Attitude is the ear of your mind. Your attitude determines how you understand the world. I'm reminded of a story of a grocery store owner who overheard a young boy using the payphone at the entrance of the store. You know how telephone conversations are. You usually hear only one side of the conversation. And so the young boy was talking and the store manager was listening. Hello, sir. I'm calling you to see... If you could use a lawn boy to do your yard work. Oh, I see. You already have one. Well, is he doing your work or doing his work to your satisfaction? Oh, he is? Well, thank you, sir. I was just checking. Then the little boy hung up the phone. The grocery store owner looked at the little boy and he said, well, son, I'm sorry you didn't get the job. He said, oh, oh, no, sir. He said, I already got that job. I was just calling to check up on myself. <laughs> you know, sometimes we need to just call and check up on ourselves. We need to ask how we're doing. Javi, you need to every once in a while, boy, y'all got me on y'all tonight. You need just to go to Sister Sandra and you say, Sister Sandra, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being good, how is my attitude today? And when she tells you a 3, when she tells you a 3, don't get mad at her, go pray through.
The difference between the optimistic and the pessimistic, pessimistic attitude. The optimistic attitude is to take a favorable view of events or conditions and to expect the most favorable outcome. Attributes are faith, trust, hope, believing, positive thinking, and positive talking. A pessimist attitude is a person who uh, habitually sees or anticipates the worst or is disposed to the gloomy. Attributes are faithless, distrust, hopelessness, doubt, negative thinking, negative talking. To the optimist, a fireplace is a center of warmth and beauty. To a pessimist, it's a source of smoke and ashes, and it's a fire hazard. To the optimist, he will look at his glass and say, my glass is half full. The pessimist says, my glass is half empty. When an optimist smells flowers, he stops and enjoys the moment. When a pessimist smells flowers, he starts looking for a funeral procession. The pessimistic man had this epitaph written on his tombstone. See, you didn't believe me. I told you I was sick. There are two types of people who will tell you there's a better place to live than where you are. A real estate salesman and a preacher. A real estate salesman's job is to sell you a home where you can feel more comfortable and have a good life. And a preacher's job is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. How is your attitude? How is your attitude? Because you're going to have to deal with it on a regular basis, your attitude, your attitude is going to determine a lot of things about your future, especially kids. It determines how your parents are going to um, treat you. When I got a bad attitude when I was growing up, I had the sweetest parents that ever lived. My mom and dad was the best mom and dad. I told them that. I wrote them birthday cards, Father's Day, Mother's Day cards. And almost every time I would write, on Mother's Day, Mom, you're the best mother in the world. On Dad's Day, Father's Day, I'd write, Daddy, you're the best daddy in the world. But I'm going to tell you, when my attitude got wrong, it's like a different body, a different spirit a different person went into that body when my attitude got wrong i could write on that card you are the meanest uncaring unloving person i've ever met and you call yourself my dad and my mama and you know mom and dad were the same it was my attitude that wasn't right it was me and my perception, how I looked at them. Are you hearing me, kids? <laughs> Teenagers, are you listening to me? Mom and dad may not always be right, 
but they're always the heads of the house, and you've got to honor them and respect them anyhow. And I will say this, mom and dad, if you make a mistake, humble yourself and be willing to admit that to your children and apologize to them. Just say, look, daddy's made a mistake. Mother made a mistake. A lot of times I got in trouble because somebody would say something and mama would just assume it was me. And most of the time, just assuming it, she was right. But there were a couple times she assumed it, it wasn't me. And I remember saying, I didn't do it. So we can get ourselves in trouble a lot of times by just assuming that our kids did it. So what's your attitude? I could go on for a long time here today because I got a bunch of notes on the attitudes. Jesus taught about them in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 called the Beatitudes. We refer to them as the Beatitudes. It's some good stuff, and I may have to come back to it. Would you stand?